Andrews. Start jump. Andrews! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this new podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location. Whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to seek out, download, listen, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. My name is Alfie, and I am still recovering from the Quaker State 400 available at Walmart Race Week and Atlanta Motor Speedway, which is why... The podcast is coming up a little bit later than it normally does when we do these on Monday. But uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, letting me uh, have a day off to continue uh, to recover here from the homestead. As uh, just had a blast of a weekend camping out once again at Atlanta Motor Speedway this past weekend. And I've got to tell you, if you've never camped out at a NASCAR race weekend event, I strongly suggest you do so, especially. At Atlanta Motor Speedway, and don't forget that we'll have race weekend again, hopefully in March of next year. So make sure you head on over to AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com to find out how you can start going in, getting your tickets and your campground sites set up for a race weekend next year in 2024 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But uh, we have another jam-packed edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast coming up for you this week in just moments. We'll hear from the driver of the number 21 car for the Woods Brothers, Harrison Burton. We'll talk about all the excitement and action that happened at Chicago back a few weeks ago when they raced in the rain and shortened up uh, that event there in these downtown streets of Chicago, Illinois. And then also we'll hear from a couple of NHRA drivers, both drivers and owners. And we will speak with funny car driver owner Chris King and top fuel driver owner Buddy Hall as they preview the Mile High Nationals, which come up this weekend in the Mile High City. So NHRA returning after a few weeks off and ready to entertain the crowds there in Denver and also all the great crowds watching on television, thanks to Fox Sports. And uh, before we get into those great interviews, don't forget about our social media platforms and locations. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash southernraceweek or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. So uh, please check those out. And also don't forget if you like the Facebook page and follow us on Twitter, you'll get the latest news and information from the world of racing available for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But before we get into those great interviews with our great guests this week on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, it's time now to take a look at your racing recap from all the racing action that occurred over this past weekend. And only NASCAR was in action as NHRA and the IndyCar Series were not racing this past weekend as the Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup Series were all in action. Now, while the Xfinity and and Cup Series were in Atlanta, the Truck Series was over at Mid-Ohio. And congratulations to Corey Hine, who started on the pole and finished with his second victory of the year in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. What happened between the green flags and the checkered flag was pure chaos. Heim beat reigning series champion Zane Smith at the finish line by 0.947 seconds as Smith had to settle for the runner-up spot for the second straight year. Christian Eckes was your third-place finisher, Stuart Friesen in fourth, and Ben Rhodes rounding out the top five. And take a look at the current standings right now in the truck series. 
Corey Hine, who is your winner, is your number one ranked driver with two wins on the season. And he's also the overall points leader for the regular season championship. Zane Smith is in second position with two wins. Grant Enfinger in third position with two wins. Christian Eckes is in fourth position with two wins. And sixth is Ben Rhodes with one win on the season. And then spots seven through ten for the playoff for the playoffs in the truck series or into the playoffs via points right now with no wins on the season. That's Ty Majeski in seventh, Matt DiBenedetto in eighth, Nick Sanchez is ninth, and Matt Crafton rounding out the top ten. Over to the Xfinity Series from Atlanta Motor Speedway, John Hunter Nemechek passed Justin Haley at the start of overtime and held off Daniel Hamrick to win the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Atlanta Motor Speedway this past Saturday night for his third victory of the season. Haley, who led 80 laps, was in position to lead a parade of colleague racing drivers in overtime, but had no help on the restart while Nemechek made his move on the outside to take his first lead of the race. Nemechek started second, but didn't seem to have the best car until the very end of the race. Daniel Hamrick was your runner-up, Cole Custer finishing third, Justin Haley in fourth, and Sam Mayer rounding out the top five. Over to the current standings right now in the Xfinity Series. John Henner Nemechek is your number one ranked driver with three wins on the season. And also he has the overall points lead for the regular season championship in the Xfinity Series. Austin Hill is second with three wins. Cole Custer in third position with two wins. Justin Allgaier is in fourth position with a win. Chandler Smith is fifth with a win. Sammy Smith is in sixth position with a win. And Jeb Burton is in seventh position in with a win. Spots 8 through 12 are into the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win on the season. That's Josh Berry in 8th, Sam Mayer 9th, Daniel Hemrick in 10th, Sheldon Creed in 11th, and Riley Herbst rounding out the top 12. Over to the Cup Series, William Byron overcame a spin early in the second stage that knocked him back a lap and then was in the right position when weather took control at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Byron won the range-shortened NASCAR race at Atlanta this past Sunday night for his series-leading fourth victory of the season. It was the second win in Atlanta in the last two years for Byron, who took the NASCAR points lead with the victory. The threat of rain affected strategy as drivers fought to move toward the front of the field before weather delayed or ended the race. On lap 185, with 75 laps to go, NASCAR ordered cars to pit road due to rain and the possibility of lightning. Cars recovered while officials waited to see if the rain ended. Only six minutes later, fans were warned of severe weather within eight miles of the track and were encouraged to leave the stadium immediately, and NASCAR called the race soon after that announcement. Daniel Suarez, looking for his first win of 2023, was second. A.J. Allmendinger in third, followed by Michael McDowell and Kyle Busch rounding out the top five. Take a look at the current point standings right now in the Cubs series. William Byron is your number one ranked driver. He also has the overall points lead in the Cubs series with four wins on the season. Kyle Busch is in second position with three wins. Martin Truex Jr. is in third position with two wins. Kyle Larson is fourth with two wins. Christopher Bell is in fifth position with a win. Ross Chastain is sixth with a win. Denny Hamlin in seventh with a win. Ryan Blaney in eighth with a win. Joey Logano is ninth with a win. Tyler Reddick is tenth with a win. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is in 11th position with a win. Spots 12 through 16 are into the playoffs right now via points because these drivers do not have a win on the season so far. Kevin Arvick is 12th. Chris Buescher 13th. Brad Keselowski is 14th, Daniel Suarez is 15th, and Michael McDowell rounding out the top 16. 
in racing action coming up this weekend. First in the NHRA series, the Mile High Nationals will take place uh, July 14th through the 16th in Denver, Colorado. And to check out times and networks of NHRA airtime on television, just head on over to NHRA.com and click on TV Schedule. Over to the IndyCar Series, they'll be in action in Canada. The Honda Indy Toronto will take place July 16th. The green flag will drop at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the action on Peacock and listen to the action via Sirius XM Radio. And over to NASCAR, the Xfinity Series will be in action on Saturday, July 15th for the Am Better Health 200 from New Hampshire Motor Speedway. The green flag will drop at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the USA Network and listen to the coverage via the Performance Racing Network, which will also be covered on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. And then the Cubs Series will be in action on Sunday for the Crayon 301. Also from New Hampshire Motor Speedway, that'll be on Sunday, July 16th. The green flag will drop at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch the race on the USA Network and listen to the coverage via the Performance Racing Network, which will also be available on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. So there you go. That is a look at your racing recap from this past weekend right here on the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. Hey, this is Brandon Hutchison, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's South as we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line. He's coming to us from his man cave in an undisclosed location somewhere in the great state of North Carolina. We're going to have to talk about some of the stuff he's got lined up there in that man cave of his. Looking really nice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the driver of the number 21 DEX Imaging Ford Mustang for the Wood Brothers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Harrison Burton. There we go. That's a good intro right there. Well, Mr. Burton, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give him a big deal introduction. And we're looking forward to seeing you race this weekend coming up in Atlanta Motor Speedway during the uh, Quaker State 400 available at Walmart Cup Series race. But before we talk about everything going on Atlanta Motor Speedway and all of that, one of the big questions I have for you is Chicago, the first ever street course race ever. They had to shorten it down a little bit because of the delay and, and the light situation. But I mean, it must have been a cool experience for you. Not uh, in the 75 years of NASCAR, there's not a lot of firsts that happen anymore. But you were able to now set your name in a in a list of a few people who, are, who can say they actually participated in the first street course race ever in NASCAR. So take us back during that race. What was it like going through the uh, streets of Chicago? Uh, in the number 21 machine. It was fun. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good event for the sport. You know, I feel like the atmosphere and the crowd was really awesome. Uh, it was a bummer. The rain kind of came and ruined some of that, right? Like we had concerts lined up and all these people were filing in like crazy on Friday, on Saturday before the rain hit on Saturday. And it was looking to be probably one of the most insane atmospheres I've ever been a part of. Um, what made it feel maybe even a little bit more was like all the drivers were walking in with the fans, right? Like we all stayed in hotels and we were just walking from a couple blocks away and, um, you know, walking into the racetracks. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was a, it was a really neat experience. It was something completely different, um, something completely new, you know, where you 
have literally, <laughs> you know, inches of room for error. Um, you know, seeing guys hit the wall and, and in the wet at that much, you know, at that rate was, uh, it was a lot of chaos and a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Now, a lot of drivers, you know, compare to the experience because this is something you've never experienced before. Like you said, you're living in a hotel that's right by the track instead of in the RVs in the infield, kind of a, kind of a different atmosphere than what you're new, normally used to. Did you have to change the way you prepared for this event, since it's kind of a whole different scenario of how you do things, or was it kind of the same same feeling as you'd have if it was Atlanta, Bristol, or or you know Darlington? It was a little bit of both. I mean, the hard thing was, you know, when I I showed up on Wednesday and we were there doing a lot of different, I guess, charity work and going to hospitals and doing a lot of stuff that NASCAR was doing in the community, and and that was cool. But about the you know the thing about that is, um, you know, it feels like you're kind of not there for the race. Right. And then I was there on, went to the track on uh, Thursday and, you know, it was still getting built. And so it, it was crazy. Like, you know, to see the racetrack get built, get finished, all the little details come together and then to, to go, you know, practice and qualify on Saturday, it was, uh, it was pretty strange. So, you know, kind of uh, that, um, you know, transition from being there early and doing all these things and just hanging out and enjoying the city of Chicago to uh, the race was certainly different. That's for sure. What was that like as you kind of your, your fan interaction with people, maybe even NASCAR fans or avid fans, and maybe some who were just there to kind of check out what it was all about. What was that experience like? Yeah, I would say there was a high percentage of people there that were just checking it out and and we're new to the sport and so that was cool i went to the cubs game the night before um you know the garage opened and um you know i didn't throw the first pitch but i was like on the mound when uh, another driver threw the first pitch and then they had a sink take me out of the ball game and so there's apparently like everyone in chicago must watch every cubs game because i got recognized so much walking down the street just from doing those two things. It was like, you're the guy from the Cubs game. Oh, you're driving this weekend. So um, it was kind of cool. You know, it was it was crazy to see, like, um, people that, you know, when I first went to Chicago to kind of go check out the NASCAR offices there and kind of, um, you know, hang out in Chicago and kind of get ready to go for this weekend, nobody even knew what was going on. And then for it to go from that to, I feel like there's a lot of people that were really interested into it was, was cool. And I know you're an avid sports fan. We're both from ACC country. You're a Duke fan. I'm a Georgia tech yellow jacket fan. I'm sure going for you to, to a game at a basketball game at Duke is gives you goosebumps and your hair kind of, was that the same feeling going into Wrigley field? Cause I know the first time I walked to Wrigley as a baseball fan, you know, I had the goosebumps. It was, you know, it's a cathedral to the sport of baseball for you. Did you have that same feeling when you walked in and, and kind of saw how, how crazy Cubs fans are about the Cubs? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was a Thursday night um, game, really kind of I expected, like, I don't know how many people will be here. It's Thursday night. It's kind of just a regular season game in the middle of a long, 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 long season, right? And uh, it was packed, like packed. There, were, I didn't see an empty seat in there, really. And, and um, you know, we got spoiled to do all those things and to go out on the field. And, and uh, yeah, it, did, it was definitely really, really cool. And one of the few stadiums that, you know, in of itself without the game going on, is still really cool to see. And then, um, you know, after that, actually watching a, a good game and, and uh, enjoying that was really cool. 
Uh, speaking with Harrison Burton here, the driver of the number 21 machine for Woods Brothers. And uh, speaking of Duke, um, I know when Coach Cremens left Georgia Tech, it was weird to see not him on the sidelines coaching the team. For you, your first season without Coach K on the sidelines, what was that like for as a Duke fan to see your beloved coach not there <laughs> coaching the team anymore? Yeah, it was strange. Um, you know, the Coach K had always kind of been Duke, right? Like – he's kind of built that program into what it is and and um yeah I don't I don't know it was uh really cool I wanted really badly to go see his last uh you know one of his last few games at Cameron and and go watch you know uh him coach in his last year but I didn't get to just because of the racing schedule and how it lined up um but you know it was it was pretty wild to see him and and kind of stepping away and um you know, brings back a lot of memories of me and my dad watching the games together or whatever. And, and, uh, that was always what was fun was just rooting for Duke, uh, with my dad when we were, uh, you know, watching them win all their championships and stuff. It was, it was cool. Uh, so, you know, coach K not being there, um, you know, I feel like they did a good job with, you know, putting the next coach was as the guy that's been there forever. Right. And, and, someone that kind of was coach K's assistant for a long time. And, and I think, I don't know. Right. But I, if I remember the story, right, you know, K had a lot of input on choosing him to be the next guy. So um, it was kind of weird, but then, then again, it kind of still was Duke basketball. So the sport moves on and, and uh, you know, K deserves his retirement. That's for sure. Now, as we get said for Atlanta this weekend, talk about your season up to this point. What are your thoughts? What are you, you know, some of the highs, some of the lows, um, you know, and, and also you're, you're still battling hopefully to get a win before the regular season gets on to, to move into the playoffs. So how's the strategy looking like for you and your team as you get said for not only Atlanta, but the other races leading up to a Daytona? Yeah, you know, we've had a stretch of races where we've done well. We've had stretches of races where we do poorly. We, we've kind of been up and down. We've we've ridden the roller coaster of the NASCAR season a little bit, and um, you know, we're right now we're going to a good tra- a good track for us, a place I've led laps before, and and so I'm excited to get to Atlanta because of that reason. You know, I feel like we can kind of trend in the right direction, kind of springboarding off this race if we do a good job and uh, have a good car. So um, just left some meetings actually. Uh, a couple hours ago and, and feel really confident about our strategy, the direction we're going uh, as far as the setup on the race car and all that. So I'm excited. Uh, you know, I feel like it's going to be a fun, a fun event, you know, and, and like you said, under the lights and, and kind of, you know, a little bit different how it's going to be a, a late start time. And, and uh, I think that'll be good for the fans too, uh, just to keep them out of the Atlanta heat in the middle of the summer in the middle of the day. But as a driver, I'm really excited because those race cars get so hot that, uh, Night races are always pretty nice, that's for sure. Now, Chase Elliott has been a big advocate of having more night races, during, especially during the summer season when you guys are at a lot of tracks where it's a, lo- a lot hotter. Um, how about what your thoughts on night racing? Do you, do, you, do you find that it's more of an advantage to race at night, or, or does it matter to you? Uh, you know, honestly, my, uh, the places that I excel are normally really slick racetracks, hot and slick and, and worn-out racetracks. Think about Darlington is probably – one of my best racetracks and, and, um, you know, looking at my Xfinity wins were mostly on, you know, slicker racetracks. So, um, you know, a part of me likes the heat because of that, but then the other part of me, you know, and just the night races is just a really cool atmosphere. Um, 
you know, the, the fans seem to enjoy them. I think the drivers enjoy them just because of, you know, the way that this car races, it almost races better at night where it's gripped up and we can kind of go in different lanes and work different, different lanes to try and get a, uh, an advantage. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to try and uh, see what it's like with, with, you know, the sun going down in Atlanta, it's, it's probably not going to affect the race too, too much. I don't think, um, cause it's still going to be pretty warm out and, and compared to, you know, earlier, uh, the last time we were at Atlanta, it was really cold. So, um, you know, and I think it'll look fairly similar to that, but, um, you know, we will see that's for sure. Well, Mr. Burton, if our listeners want to follow along with your progress, maybe purchase merchandise or keep up with your progress in the season and everything, where can they go to follow you maybe on social media and also the team as well? Yeah. So, um, you know, the Wood Brothers uh, page is just normally Wood Brothers 21 on all the social platforms like Instagram and Twitter and all that. Um, and then their website is a great place. They have a lot of uh, awesome, you know, T-shirts and hats and retro stuff. I'm a big old school retro like i love old merchant stuff so if you want any of that like i always do i've i've actually bought a bunch of stuff off their website when i first signed there this is john roberts from fs1 and you're listening to southern race week all right welcome back to this brand new week's edition of southern race week radio for you here along the far flung southern race week radio network at southfield as we continue on with this week's edition of southern race week radio along with the southern race week radio podcast and we are very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line. He's coming to us from Chicago, Illinois, which is his hometown. He's also a competitor in the Funny Car Division in the NHRA Series. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Chris Mr. King, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. I'm having a great day, and it's got even better with that intro, man. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, hey, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give him a big deal introduction. And uh, also, you're a great friend of the show. This is your second time joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio. The last time we talked to you was uh, you getting ready for an event in Chicago, which is your hometown. NHRA hasn't been in Chicago for a, a few years, so you went out there and and raced there in the, in the Funny Car Division. And uh, before we talk about what's coming up, uh, next week for you guys take us back to racing in Chicago yeah so being able to race at the pro level in my hometown was something I had dreamed about since being a kid and uh, unfortunately we did not qualify for the event due to us kicking the rods out of the motor in the third qualifier but uh, our incremental times looked really good and promising we would have made the show for sure if it would have stayed together but we had a parts failure that kind of knocked us out of competition but uh we did learn a lot. It was interesting. We had one heck of a, a boost of fan support and, and a lot of good PR came out of it. And we learned a lot, which we're going to take back to the track in Denver. And uh, all I got to say is watch out, boys. We're going to be there. Now, that'll be July 14th through the 16th, the NHRA Mile High uh, Nationals there in, in Denver, Colorado. How do you kind of adjust yourself to the altitude change when you do head to Denver to compete? So, yeah, I made my professional debut in 21 at Denver, and it definitely is a different track to run at. The cars sound different because the lack of air, they perform different. And as a just as a person, when you're not acclimated to the, the elevation up there, just walking up and down the pit lane, there's a, a big hill for the staging lanes at Bandamir. It, it just knocks the wind out of you and it makes you realize, wow, something's not quite right. But uh, Terry Totten, my crew chief, has a good tune-up 
and he knows how to make these cars go A to B in the Denver air. And, uh, you know, we'll make the necessary adjustments with pulleys and supercharger and head gaskets, just like everybody else will. And we'll be out there uh, hopefully making some good passes. Speaking with funny car owner and driver in the funny car series, Chris King joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Now you're a driver, but also you're the owner of the team as well. How is it like juggling being an owner and being a driver as you prepare for uh, Denver here next weekend? It's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes logistically, trying to put team members together, travel plans, logistics with food and hotel travel, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And then on top of it, getting the resources and the finances together to pay for parts and equipment and make sure you have everything you need, keeping up with the rule books and all the changes that NHRA has going down with all their implementations. It, it's, it's a lot. I'm on the phone and on the computer constantly if I'm not at the firehouse working taking care of things and getting things ready. Just this morning, I was on uh, with Jackie Frick getting travel plans made up for uh, the rest of the races that we're planning on going to for hotel and things like that, just to have everything booked up in advance. So what's nice about the NHRA is it's a lot of friends and family type atmosphere where other racers have businesses and things that help you out. Like Jackie drives a fuel dragster and she has a company called accelerated travel and they, they get great rates on hotel rooms for racers and make it easy to book the travel. So, you know, it, it's it's racers helping racers, friends helping friends and making it easy so everybody can go out and do what they enjoy. Now, you mentioned they're working in a firehouse. In case our listeners don't know, you're also a, a firefighter as well in the city of Chicago. So what's it like with your, your coworkers and how do they kind of, you know, kind of uh, talk about what you do when you're heading out to these events for the weekend? I mean, they must think it's, it's cool. And I'm sure they're very supportive uh, of your efforts as well to compete in the NHRA. Yeah. So firefighters are, you know, adrenaline junkies by, by nature. And most of them are into cars or motorcycles or some kind of motorsport. So the ones that do know that I race are completely excited about it. Think it's nuts like coming to the events and just talking about horsepower and how insane it is what we do. And then, you know, there's some guys that don't even really pay attention to it. And they don't even know you do it. And they're like, oh, you're that guy. Oh, wow. And then they put two and two together. So, I mean, Chicago is a huge fire department. We have a lot of guys, 5,000 firemen, 100 firehouses. So I'll go my whole career and not meet everybody on the department. I know probably 99% of them, but there's a few guys that I don't know. But uh, for the most part, the fire, fire department is very supportive of what we do. And what's cool is when you go around the country, other firefighters are supportive. There's a huge brotherhood and a bond that you have with other people, whether it's volunteer, part-time or, or full-time guys. Everywhere we go, I have guys coming up to my pit and saying, thank you for your service. It's cool. I'm a fireman here, man. This is really cool that you're doing this. And it is really cool because people don't realize how hard it is to get to this level of racing for a guy like me. I don't come from a fancy name. I don't come from money. And I, I, I just made my mind up. I wanted to do this and worked my butt off to make it happen. And a couple doors got open for me and I jumped through them. And here we are. Now, Chris, what do you hope to accomplish? Is this something you're maybe working towards to maybe go full-time in 24? Like what, what is hopefully the future plans of your, you, your team and, and your career? Ultimately my goal, I would love to secure some major sponsorship and like to go race full-time and try to compete for a championship. Um, I mean, that's what everybody wants to do. It's the pinnacle of the sport. It's it's what we strive for. It's just, it's very hard 
and almost unattainable unless you get that corporate support or, you know, help from a big team. So Chris, doing what you do, it, it's not just you and your team, but it also helps to have a lot of great sponsors on board to help you out and support you throughout your journey in the NHRA. So I want to give you a little opportunity to thank those, those sponsors who are helping you out as uh, you're continuing your your climb here in the NHRA series. Yeah, none of this would be possible at all without the help I'm getting from Competition Products and Howard's Cams. They uh, they stepped up big time this year to get me back out on the track, and I'm going to be forever grateful for them. They've been with me since day one, even in the alcohol car. And uh, I also got to thank Redline Oil, Impact Safety Gear, Vita C-Shot with Chip Lofton, and also Reed Rocker Arms for uh, the constant support and uh, help that they give us. Without them, none of this would be possible. Now, uh, Chris, if our listeners want to learn more about you, your team, and what you got coming up on your calendar as far as your racing and everything, where can they go to get information and keep up what's going on with you? So I'm all over social media. I have Facebook, Chris King Racing, and my personal page just at Chris King. Um, Instagram is Funny Car Fireman CK and Twitter, Squad One Firefighter CK. So we, we try to keep everybody up to snuff as far as what we're doing on social media and things like that. And uh, we do as much as we can, as far as getting PR and press out there, as far as our events and what our team is up to. So just check us out online. Just do a quick, quick search for me and you'll find, uh, you'll find me in fire gear or racing gear. One of the two. Hey, this is NASCAR driver, Trevor Bain, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southfield. We continue on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as he's coming to us from his automobile. We'll have to ask him what kind of car he's in right now, but he is joining us live and ready to talk to us uh, about what's going on with his top fuel season in the NHRA Camping World uh, Series. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in top fuel driver, Mr. Buddy Oh, man. Well, I don't know if I deserve that kind of uh, announcement for an entry, but thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I am driving my Ford F-350 today. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. to so, Mr. Hole, this is the first time you've been on our little racing program here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. So anytime we have a, a guest on for the first time, we love to know about their history, what got them into the sport. So for you personally, sir, what led you to uh, where you are today? Yeah, well, thank you so much uh, once again for having me. I'm a third-generation drag racer, and for me, uh, you know, this is what I love to do, right? So started as a, you know, as a young man going to the racetrack with my dad and my uncle, and and uh, you know, at that time, I don't necessarily want to say it was fun, right? It was is I had to go because the only thing that was offered there was no opportunity to stay home and 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 play with the other kids. So you know, started going to the racetrack when I was a kid, and and uh, you know, accidentally falling in love with drag racing and. And I was a, a competitive powerlifter for a lot of years. And, um, you know, and when I decided to, to, to quit powerlifting and retire from that, you know, part of my life, I had to fulfill a competitive nature that was deep in me. You know, I had that, that, that ultra competitive fire burning in my stomach all the time. And so uh, I decided to, to drive a race car, you know, completely opposite ends of the spectrum, a true yin and yang type, type of situation. And, uh, uh, it's been a blessing in my life. I'm I'm really happy to carry on a family tradition, and uh, and and do my very best to make all my my fans and, and my my family very happy. So here we are today. 
of when you're in a family that does what you do, multi-generational, did you ever feel forced? Did your dad ever say, you know what, this is what I want you to do? Or was he one of those fathers that said, look, you just do what makes you happy. But then eventually you did find your way kind of to what he did. So what was that like growing up? Did you feel pressure to kind of do this? No, no, no pressure at all. You know, the only pressure I ever had of the sort was when I was too young to take care of myself, I, I had to go to the racetrack, you know, there was no babysitter. So I was there, but no, there was no force. As a matter of fact, you know, um, I think it was a shock to most of my family that I even wanted to do it. You know, um, as I mentioned before, I was, you know, uh, competitive powerlifting for a lot of years and I was at, a, at the highest level in the world in competitive powerlifting. And, and uh, I really enjoyed that time period. But what I got to see is I got to see so many of my peers in that, in that platform, you know, go through major, major injuries and, and surgeries. And I just told myself, you know, that's not the life I want to live. I, I've, I've proven my point here. I've done what I have to do state national world records. It's time to move on. And, um, you know, when I, when I first gave that phone call to my dad to say, Hey dad, I think I want to drive a race car. I, I think he was really shocked. And also just, uh, you know, I think the first words were out of his mouth were there's not a race car on this plan that you're going to be able to fit in. And so that's when the, the, the journey to weight loss began and, and all the other, all the other things that had to happen before I could even drive a car. And, uh, and so, no, there was no pressure involved ever. I think they're very proud of me. I think it's, uh, it, it's something that, um, um, you know, is, is, is unique and, um, no, but no pressure. It's, it's been a, it's been, a, it's been an awesome support system for my family the whole time. Speaking with Top Fuel driver, a buddy Hull here on this edition of uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, so tell us about your season so far as you get set to a race next weekend in, in Denver, Colorado. You and the, and the series will be out there. So what's the season been like for you and some maybe some of the ups and downs of how, how the season's been going so far? Yeah, second year as a team owner driver, third year in Top Fuel. Lots of new race car parts, new crew chief, new sponsors. And we're thankful for all those sponsors and, and, and my new crew chief, Mike Googer. We have struggled the first uh, few races of the season with finding our home, if you will, with all the new race car parts we have. Uh, we had some time off between Joliet and Denver to discover uh, a lot of things with our car that we're, we're happy we found the problems. I know it sounds very cliche to say that we're happy to find problems, but we really are because until you find the problems, you really don't know what the solution is. So we found some smoking guns, if you will. We're excited to get back to the track and and uh, and verify that what we found has been uh, our tire smoking problem basically the entire season. Now, uh, uh, Chris King was on with us just before you came on the program here. He's also kind of in the same situation where he's a driver and an owner as well. I find that fascinating because it's already tough enough just to be a driver and focus on that aspect of of what you're doing. But then as an owner as well, there's so many other responsibilities you have. How's that like balancing for you being an owner and also taking on the responsibilities of driving as well? I enjoy the challenge. You know, I enjoy every part of it. I'm, I'm heavily involved. You know, I, yes, I'm an owner and yes, I'm a driver, but also I, you know, I, I still work in my race car. I enjoy still getting my hands dirty and, and sticking my hand uh, or putting my hands on the car. So I'm heavily involved. I, I, I enjoy every part of it. And so yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, it's a lot of work, but to me, it's worth it. The fruits of that labor are really intense, and so uh, I'm okay with it. Now, I've been in Denver before, and that altitude change hit me hard when I went to visit for the first time a, a few years ago. How do you deal with the altitude change as far as you being prepared and then also just you know making sure you're good and, and, and ready to go? 
Yeah, uh, I I always go to Denver a couple days early, and then I always take oxygen with me as well. I take oxygen bottles and and sleep with oxygen on, so that way I wake up and feel refreshed. Because it is a difference, right? It is it is not like being at you know the closest sea level tracks. We're locking air up there, and, and you know the, the the race cars performance prove it. Now, uh, if our listeners want to follow along with you, keep up with what's going on with the the team and the sponsors, and what you got coming up on your calendar as well. Uh, where can they go to keep up with you guys on social media, websites, and and keep up with and, and keep up with the progress of what's going on with you guys? We try to be very easy to find. Facebook is Buddy Hole Racing. Our website is BuddyHoleRacing.com, and our Instagram and TikTok are Buddy Hole Three Two Three TF. So we try to be easy to keep up with and. We're thankful for all of our followers and all the likes and comments they give us. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southfield. We wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and we really appreciate all the loyal listeners tuning in and listening to this week's edition. If you'd like to re-listen to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio or any of our past episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, you can check out our podcast, which is available for uh, available to you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So make sure you check out one of those podcast locations. Check us out. Just go to the search, type in Southern Race Week, and we really appreciate it. If you listen, download, and subscribe to the podcast as well, because if you're a podcast subscriber, every time a new podcast is up and available for you, you'll get a notification to let you know the latest edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is available for you. And also, you can send us an email as well if you'd like to leave a comment about the program, or if you're an up-and-coming driver who wants to get their uh, driver on the program you can hit us up at srwradio at yahoo.com that is srwradio at yahoo.com but once again thanks thanks to our great guests for joining us this week of course harrison burton the driver of the number 21 machine for the wood brothers racing team and then also great nhra drivers including uh, chris king along with buddy hall so uh, thanks to those uh, to those great guests for joining us here on the program on Southern Race Week Radio. So uh, make sure you're tuned in every week right here on your favorite racing station to check out the latest edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And, of course, next week we'll have another star-studded edition of Southern Race Week Radio to bring along to you. And once again, don't forget about our social media platforms as well. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash southernraceweek and like it or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. If you like our Facebook page or you follow us on Twitter, we always bring you the the latest racing news and information for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. <laughs>